This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Movement. It's time to step up your watch game with classic designs and quality construction starting at just $95. Right now, our listeners get 15% off their entire order, and that's with free shipping and free returns by going to movementwatches.com. That's mvmtwatches.com slash bcpod. That's mvmtwatches.com slash bcpod for 15% off your order. Today's show is also sponsored by Texture. The Texture app lets you tap into the world's most popular magazines anytime, anywhere using your smartphone or tablet. Right now, Texture is offering our listeners a 14-day free trial when you go to texture.com slash badchristian. That's 14 days to try Texture for free when you go to texture.com slash badchristian. And finally, today's show is sponsored by Blue Apron. For less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers the fresh ingredients you need to create home-cooked meals. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash badchristian. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. When the pip's in the crib, drop it like it's hot, drop it like it's hot. Stupid Christian, one, two, three, point. Oh man, guys! I have to be quiet. I, I have to be quiet because my my wife's downstairs watching Gilmore Girls, and she texts me and says I'm being too loud. Oh man, sorry, I Jessica. Know. Shut the hell up, Jessica. You, you don't the talk hell? to my wife like that. You do okay. not talk to my wife like that. Hey, you're in I Nashville. Will, I'll I'll talk. To I you. have beat your ass, and I will beat your ass again. <laughs> nice shirt, Toby. I like it. That's this a is throwback. A, well, this baby. is an Emory. I know this is a throwback shirt. We are selling these. We we just sold them on our Emory tour. That went on, and I think we're going to be selling them soon online. So keep it out. This is mm-hmm. I love this. This is one of our all time favorite retro shirts. Emery with the skull and the two uh, machine guns, and it's all about what Emery stands for. Yep. Yeah. Guns and death. skulls and death, death and, and war. murder. There you go. <laughs> Basically, Emery's always been about killing and murder. <laughs> well, we did have a good time out on those shows. I really enjoyed it, and it's like I guess I'm feeling like. You know, I come home from just out doing shows and stuff on the road and come straight back and do this. And I want everybody to know how committed I am. I'm here tonight. And uh, it's my wife's birthday, by the way. So just oh, yet shit. another time oh, I sacrificed. You chose I got home yesterday on a flight. You chose wrong. Her out to get Indian food. And then I let her buy a stroller she wanted for the babies today. Um, that was her present, which I thought was a noble mom present is to get a stroller for her birthday. And then uh, I'm here. What kind was it? Bob and Tom? I'm too embarrassed. Bill and I'm Ted. Too, too embarrassed. It's up a baby and it costs Just, about a thousand dollars. I mean, oh with all the attachments. You, you yeah, are I'm, kidding. Yeah, it's terrible. What? A thousand dollars? It's horribly man, embarrassing. You, now, let me tell you how God, she got man. me on it. it has, it's like a double thing and there's a standing pad on the back. that does everything. Here's her logic. We're gonna have another baby, and we need to go ahead and get this stroller now. So, this the the the, uh, the whole allure of it is a whole nother, She's already she's already committing us to another baby by getting the stroller that, that holds the two. That was how she got me to, to do it. <laughs> I'm a sucker for another baby. You know that? Oh my! <laughs> is it so? Is, yeah. is it the kind with like a back seat? 
that goes kind of under it's the nonsense. Yeah. I mean, you know how much, you, you know how many times we have to use it to make it worth right. it. I mean, that's what I told her. I said, if we use this thing a hundred right. times, which is once a week for two years, you still pay ten dollars every time you use it. <laughs> <laughs> Toby, did you guys always go the cheap route with uh, buying stuff for kids, like just to save money? Well, no, we got. We got the inline one that was a little bit more expensive, but I mean, we the the most we ever spent for a stroller was about three hundred and fifty bucks, and then and then we we thought we kept it in really good shape. We thought we could resell it for like a hundred or two hundred dollars, and then we got I think oh, we got forty five dollars for it in a yard. Priscilla had value. me drive so, two hundred no. miles to get an eighty dollar <laughs> stroller from Craigslist. <laughs> it was like a six hundred dollar stroller that was on sale for eight. I drove 200 miles on a work night. I mean, it was crazy. I was oh like, anything for you, Priscilla. Anything. Women love the strollers and it just don't matter. Like, here's the thing that, here's why I, I don't trust technology. Everybody lived or died either way before mm-hmm. all Class that sheets, shit, right? Yeah. Do you remember? Until you're like, 10 years like, old. Like, like, here, I'm, I'm, I'm 40 years old. Do you think I had a car seat in the car? It, no. I remember riding around with my parents might might have put a seatbelt on me or I climbed up in the back. Y'all, y'all remember the back little area you used to could sleep in in the back of cars? They're like a little shelf, shelf in the, yeah. behind the back seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cooter shell. Like, I, I'm just saying that easily was very dangerous, but I'm here. <laughs> so I don't I don't know I'm, if it's helping. I was in a car seat You're gonna one a, time, and this is a true you, story. When I was a year and a half old and I was in a car seat in the front seat of the car, and it wasn't buckled. <laughs> and my mom ran into somebody. It was and just I hit the dashboard. <laughs> now, when lying. I was eight, yeah, and, know, and you live eight years old, my sister and I were in the back of the car in no car seats and not buckled up. And my mom flipped the car three times in a field, and we tumbled around in that car like we were in a dryer. Good. And gosh. we walked out of that one too. I mean, I'm lucky to be alive. I wish we had a car seat, is what I'm saying. The more, but. Moral of the story, no, do not, not trust Matt's mom no. to take no. you anywhere. <laughs> she no. is not a good driver. <laughs> no stories about your dad, but your mom flips cars and, and slams on the brakes and well, smashes your skull. One time my dad the... uh, got home about 8 in the morning because he walked home because he had flipped a car on the way home from his poker night. So I can only assume he probably wanted to walk home because he had been drinking, which would be my guess on that one, because right. he, he got home as the sun was coming up. <laughs> And had crashed his car, so yeah. that's, that's my guess on that one. <laughs> Man, people from the '60s, '70s, '80s are world, cool as shit. I mean, I just I, part of me misses that. My grandma was a chain smoker with every single one of her kids. And they're all fine. <laughs> I mean, they're totally fine. <laughs> they're not. I know I mean, your family. They're not totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they might have a point, but the smoking thing, they might have had that. I'll tell you something that definitely has changed uh, recently, and that is buying watches and really damn good watches does does not have to break your bank. And here's what's so cool is is nowadays you've got people that start awesome stuff. We're talking about two guys, broke college kids that wanted to wear stylish watches and they couldn't afford them. So they started their own watch company and it's called Movement. It's MVMT. 
And I'm telling you, I got my movement watch in the mail. It's called the Abyss. It's all black. It's super stylish. It's very durable. It's it's unbelievable. So movement watches, they start at just $95 at the department store for a watch of similar quality. We're seriously looking at four to, to 500 bucks. Movement figured out that by selling online, they're able to cut out the middleman and retail markup out the window, providing the best possible price. We've, I mean, um, classic designs, quality, construction, and style, minimalism. Toby got one for his wife that she loves. Over 500,000 watches sold in 160 countries. This business is blowing up. So we're offering, uh, through listening to this podcast right now, you can get one of these watches for 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmtwatches.com slash bcpod. So go to mvmtwatches.com slash bcpod. The watch, these watches, they've, they've got games, so step it up. Go get one. Now, Joey, I saw in the BC Club yesterday when I was getting on my flight yeah. in the morning and I checked it on my layover that you did this radio show <laughs> and I'm dying to hear about it. Toby, me too. Uh, Toby pulled a couple of clips and sent them to me and I have a few we can play, but you've got to tell me about well, this Well, first, radio I got to clear my name. I didn't seek these people out. I didn't even know who they were. They emailed me and said, hey, this is Jesse Lee. And so here, here's what I do. Since I'm trying to promote What's it, the name of the show? Jesse Lee Patterson, I think. So... The, yeah, I it. do one little bit of homework. I'm trying to sell a book. So I go to social media outlets and I see, I think he's got maybe 10,000 followers. I'm like, eh, that's, that's worth getting on a radio show. It's a good experience for me. No idea what I was getting to. Now, right before doing this interview, I actually put it out to our club to give them the opportunity to listen to it live. And uh, the color of this guy does matter because of what he said. So one of our black BC club members, Adrian, really awesome guy, he actually said, hey, Beware, this guy's pretty much an Uncle Tom. He said, no, actually, he is over-the-top Uncle Tom. For our listeners that don't know what Uncle Tom is, it's basically a black guy that's always kissing white guys' ass and always siding with white people, and black people don't like him. And and the I thought I was going to go in there and talk about the book. The very first thing he brings up is, boy, Pastor, are you bouncing off the wall, dancing for joy that we've got a real man as president now? And I was just like, <laughs> he did not just say that. And so pretty much the whole interview was but about... But he was being serious. Oh, like he didn't know serious. you and him would have any contention exactly. or difference of he opinion thought, on stuff. He thought that was like his opening, not wow. mine. And I was going to be like, hell yeah, baby. I'm so excited. Moving on to the book. But I was like, no, I don't I don't think of Trump as a real man at all. He just couldn't believe it. So, yeah. So that's how it started. That's how it started. Oh, it never, it never <laughs> uh, rebounded. <laughs> it did not come did, back. Did, do you think he didn't do any... Did he know who you were or what your book was about? I'm thinking maybe his... A, I think his producer um, maybe heard of our podcast and knew I had a book and said, yeah, this would be a decent guest and maybe we can get some listeners. And they sure as hell did. I mean, a lot of our BC Club people listened and I'm sure a lot of people are now going to go and, and listen to this show that we talk about because it's just so bizarre. I mean, this guy is asking questions. He's not listening to a damn thing I'm saying. And I keep having to answer similar questions. And then I think when I, here's what I really think, and I could be wrong. You guys are better at judging people than me. But once, once I threw a verse at him that kind of debunked his, his arguments, I think from that point on, he's just like, I'm going to get this guy because he held me on that show way longer than what was previously discussed. He kept saying, Hey, Hey, why don't you stay with me after this break? Because I think he wanted to get me rattled or mm -hmm. pretty much discredit me, which he ended up doing to his listeners, his conservative listeners. Once he started asking me questions about the gay community and transgender and stuff, 
he did discredit me because I did not come on a firm hardline stance against it. So in mm-hmm, in, right. in his you know point of view, he's just like, yep, I did my job. I discredited him. I won. It, it was super crazy. funny because he said, hey, aren't you dancing in the streets because of Trump? And, and and then you said no. Or you were like uh, no. And you saw said. And then he said uh, something about a a real man. And you he, he said what didn't you like about him? And he was trying to get you to say he's a real man. And he said should I mean you got a filter on here? Do you can I say, speak freely? He's like you talking about the grabber thing. <laughs> <laughs> the grabber thing. I was like that's what he's saying. Yeah, cool. I mean that's how he's saying. And it. here here's you know I'm gonna try to say this as respectfully as possible, but the guy is not. He's just, he's not a decent, not only is he not a decent interviewer, but he's not a decent talker. Like I, I'm just, I really was surprised. Here's, here's what the gut check for me was coming off. This is I was like, I can't believe guys like this exist. I forgot about these people and I can't believe he's got a following. I mean, if you listen to some of the people that call in, they're like, what's up, man, man, you taught me the other week that blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, do people not see that this guy yeah. is just full of shit? Just it, it's well, definitely it's entertaining, not, it's not though. Even, it's crazy. Really even feel like it is definitely entertaining. Let me. Say, it is entertainment, I guess, to some degree. Even though he doesn't peddle it as entertainment, it is right. funny. But it's it's not genuine. Is the problem with these things? And there's a bunch of people on the right, and there's people on the left. There's a bunch of stuff like that where it's like this is overly. And I, of course, I'm trying to be entertaining or or be a funny version of myself or whatever here. But I don't think it's. I mean, so many of these people just enter into just absolute territory where it's just not even what they think, and they just hype it up and overstate things because it will get you better ratings. And that's it's a little bit it's just a little bit nasty. And it and, and it reminds me of uh, when I went on the Moody Radio thing to talk about language. The same thing. It's like, wait a minute, I knew you people were conservative and thought this stuff, but I can't believe that you actually think this. And I don't even know if they do really yeah. even believe it. I feel like they're just trying to make a, a, a radio show or they just get, so maybe they, I do think they believe it. I think he falls into it because he gets such positive feedback about it. Well, one thing that really discredited him as far as I, I, I think it's, Let's play some I think it. it's gotta be at least 50%. I'm going to do a show is when our BC clubbers called in, there was a couple of them. One of them, he was just flat out human. I mean, just unbelievably rude, uh, insulting. He talked about this guy's mom said that your mom is not a great woman. She's a nasty one. And he did. I mean, he knows nothing about this guy's mom. So he was definitely trying to just be an asshole. It's just about the, yeah, the platform. Here's a, here's a clip from it. Yeah. Let's play some clips from it. Uh, Pastor Joey, how do you know your feelings towards sin it's the same feeling that God has towards sin as far as hating sin. How do you know your feeling is the same as his? Oh, I don't think it is. I don't think there's too much that's uh, super similar with how God feels and I feel just because I, I don't think I'll fully be able to grasp that until heaven just because of all of the uh, fallen nature that I'm dealing with. But I, I do want to read something here Um in Mark three, because I was just looking for an example, because I'm just I'm really at a loss for how you and I can be on just such different pages. It says that yeah, he had just uh, said Jesus that looked anger around is at seen, them yeah. with anger, uh, grieved at their hardness of heart, and anger. said to the man, "Stretch out your hand." He stretched it out, and his hand was restored. The Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against him, how to destroy him. So I mean, right here it says that Jesus looked around at them with anger. So what am I missing? (laughs) 
But you, all, I want to say you just this read was the opinion of Mark. Mark oh. was interpreting what he thought he saw. Listen to gotcha. this. Okay. I just thought maybe we both believed in the Gospels. All right. Let me ask. <laughs> So, uh, so Mark, so I mean, this guy's an inerrancy guy, I'm sure, but you know, the Mark stuff was just like his opinion, man. <laughs> I mean, how can this guy? I mean, you can't take him credibly. I mean, that's what I'm saying. How yes, can people? Not I genuine, mean, that was just Mark's opinion. What he's trying to say is nobody knew if Jesus was angry or not. He's basing his point on that that nobody knew if Jesus was angry or not because they weren't him. So there's no way they could know but any other time you're right Matt. he would say the bible's probably right, right. i'm assuming the bible's inerrant and it's completely right and the word is you know uh, spoken by god into man's heart and written down you know all that stuff and it's just crazy Let's do it i mean way. i just couldn't believe it and here's what's really funny joey said i thought we both believed in the gospels didn't listen to a Move word on. joey There's said no reason to go back <laughs> i mean that, joey yeah. said something cutting and sarcastic and potentially mean you know what I mean? Like if the guy, if, if Joey wanted, you know what I mean? And, and the guy didn't even hear it, and and which just proves the point that Joey was totally right. Let's it's hear just, some more. It's absurd. Uh, I had no idea that interview would go that long with uh, Pastor, um, what was his name? Jo- <laughs> Joey Savinson. Savinson. Um, now I got to wonder, how do you know when you, because... There are a lot of men and women now who are carrying the title, wearing the title, pastor, reverend, or whatever, and people go to church because they're looking for some insight as to how to overcome all this stuff, sin and anger and the stuff that they're dealing with, but a, uh, a pastor like that can't help you. Gosh. What has happened? What has happened? <laughs> So when you got off, and he, he seemed like a nice guy. So it's not a put down. He could just be confused, but because he seemed like a nice, sincere guy. So he said you're a nice and sincere guy, but as deceived as you right. are, you're incapable of helping yeah. people. That's what he said well, about you. Well, the you reason being people. is that I was incapable because I wasn't going to say I disagree with transgenders and they're in the wrong. I just said that's not my place. I'm not. I, I don't right. see my leadership role as you say it as me being responsible to make public proclamations about a real, about real people that are struggling or that have accepted this lifestyle. It's just like, you're, you're making an issue to be like this shallow, superficial, let's just talk about it. And he's just like, well, how can you help people? That's your job. I think I've got a clip on that. I should have played that first, but here's that one. Okay. What? Well, I don't understand your point. You should, you're supposed to be leading the way. Uh, I mean, you probably see leadership in a very different light than I do. So you can't tell me if you personally think those things are okay, they should be allowed to happen. This is transgender. Well, I just, I, I'm uncomfortable with like, a, you're, you're talking about real people. That's the thing is you're, you're, you're spinning this as issues when there's real people involved in this conversation. I mean, you have real pastors that have committed suicide because they struggle with same sex and you have kids that could pop that pastor's kid could probably be listening to this podcast. And they're like, 
in the world are they talking about something so flippantly as something that people really deal with? So but that's your job you know, you're trying to, to, to give them a yes their, or no corner. And but, these, these are real people we're talking about. And so I would say that's more pastorally than what you're trying to have me do. I'm not a, I'm not like this guy who's going to make these grand proclamations because I'm on some pastoral high horse. No way. I'm a pastor, so I love people. This is awesome. The ending of this is awesome. Is 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 not talking about such deeper issues in such a flippant public way. I don't think that's. But why are you judging me as being flippant? I didn't say you were flippant. I said I'm not going to be. Are you? Say you were flippant. Are you, Pastor? We're out of time. Thank you so much for coming. I was fine. Will you come? Now, Joey, this is this really is, man. I got two things to say nice about you. One, the first one will sound like a, a dig, but uh, once again, how are you so good on every other podcast? You are a brilliant. I love every time I hear you on somebody else's podcast. I think you're just it's amazing. I think you did a great job. It's just it's y'all's you're so talent. Calm y'all's and talent cool overshadows over I love me. It. That's what it is. <laughs> no, it's awesome. And then also, and Toby says this a lot. You are actually what I think a real pastor is supposed to be <laughs> so much. I mean, you're just a person who cares about people and talks to them. You don't give a shit about like you get to preach and it's your word and you're all this stuff and all this authority stuff. You just are the guy that actually hangs out with, talks to people, loves them, cares about them. And then that's the biggest confusion we have is that pastor is the guy that has all the information to give you, make the proclamation and slam people and make you feel good, make people feel good about stuff. I, I mean, I think exactly the way you behave in general is what I think a pastor should be. And then in general, we think of pastors, as these people with the, the, the morality list that say it, articulately or something is is bizarre yeah yeah this guy kept saying absurd things you totally kept your cool yeah kept just blasting him in the nicest way possible I, and i actually got mad i was like shit if i was on this thing i'd probably look like the most hateful <laughs> awful person in the world and joey's just slaying yeah. this guy Calmly. i love and, it and i just could i, I mean I, it proved my point that's what i said Joyce Vincent is the only <laughs> pastor I know. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, you you literally, what you said to that guy was, I'm not going to make people an issue. These are real people we're talking about. So I'll handle it on a people level, a personal level. I'm not going to, and I was just like, I mean, you were, uh, it's the craziest thing. You were actually preaching to me, your friend. I, I mean, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Like you, you, you read scripture to the guy, blasting him, and the, his only response was that was Mark's <laughs> opinion. <laughs> I mean, you annihilated the guy. There's nothing to do, and he, he, he was so devastated by what you said is that he warned people that you can't help them, and that, and that's what I actually thought. If you really want to take this spiritual. That actually might be the enemy or Satan or something trying to get people not to listen to you. I know I, I'm I'm usually not that spiritual or that crazy like that, but but that really is something where that guy felt you were dangerous because you were actually being loving in a, in a real way. Where you, where, I mean, you even talked about I don't know where I stand on certain issues, but I'm gonna love people as people. And I just thought, man, whoa, this is really crazy. At the end of this, this guy ha- is trying to warn people: don't listen to that guy because he can't help you. When in all reality, what he's saying is, man, I, I mean, he's fearful uh, of yeah. what that means. I hope, I hope, you, I, I hope I, some people heard you and like, oh, I mean, you know, who knows? I don't know how big that listenership is, but I hope some people heard you on there and at least make them think twice. That's all you can do. Oh, yeah, for sure. It was definitely fun, but I don't think I would, I, at first, 
when he said, you'll come back, right? And I said, yeah, I, don't, I just don't see the point in doing that more than once. It'd be, other than it just being some sort of like a circus act show. I mean, I, there's just doesn't seem yeah. to be a whole lot yeah. of point going on that guy's show. Yeah, it, it didn't seem like fun. But you know what is fun? <laughs> <laughs> Our awesome sponsor, Texture. Uh, t- 2016 cool. was one for the books. Uh, the Cubs won, right? They won the World Series. We said goodbye to a ton Way too many celebrities and that election, right? <laughs> it was a game changer. But 2017 is a whole new world, and it's easy to stay informed using the Texture app. With access to all the top magazines right on your tablet or your phone. So here's, here's what I want to tell you guys about. The Texture app has gone beyond delivering just the magazine itself. They have made it easy to find and enjoy the articles you want to read with daily recommendations, exclusive interactive features, videos, and more. Texture makes magazines easy, and there are so many great ones out there. Now, I'm just going to tell you a few of my favorite. I, I, I do enjoy reading Time Magazine. I love National Geographic, Sports Illustrated. They have all of these. But you know one? It was a little bit of nostalgia. My, in my bathroom, when I was growing up, we always had a Reader's Digest. Every, I mean, all the time, there was always the new Reader's Digest. It was kind of fun getting to use texture and getting to read Reader's Digest again. I haven't even thought about it and hadn't even thought about how do you find that magazine or whatever it might be. Texture has everything. Texture is searchable. You can mark what you like. Check out back issues. That's what I think is really cool. You can go all the way with all their back issues. View bonus video content, and they even curate articles and magazines just for you. Texture is normally $9.99 a month, and you get over 200 magazines. But if you sign up right now at texture.com slash badchristian, you get a 14-day free trial. Two weeks. Why subscribe to just a couple of magazines when you can have all the favorites? Right now, Texture is offering our listeners a 14-day free trial when you go to texture.com forward slash badchristian. That's a 14 days. That's 14 days to try Texture for free when you go to texture.com slash badchristian. Texture.com slash badchristian. You won't regret it. Thank you, Toby, very much. So, no as you guys can see, if you are in our viewing audience, if you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube, if you're not, go check those out in the future. We do these live, yep. and then we do audio later. But uh, we have tonight a in-studio guest. Her name is Stephanie Drury. She's sitting right here. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Now, Stephanie is somebody that I've been following on social media and Twitter for a long time. She does a, a website and then really a Facebook page is what she does most of the time. And it's, it's called Stuff Christian Culture Likes. That's how you say it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can find that, find her. And, and uh, Stephanie's, a, a, I would say, an outspoken critic of the church. So she posts stuff often when, when uh, let me see if I can say it right. She makes fun of the church and the really goofy stuff that's in there. So I followed her for a number of years. And some people have said, we should have her on the podcast before. And I've always thought, yeah, definitely we'll get to it, which is the way I always think about having yeah. people on the show. But yeah, we'll get around to that. And uh, at some point recently, she had some tweet or posted something and it was something along the lines of, there's all these progressive Christian podcasts out there and all they ever do is have on white men as as their guests. And that's, that's kind of funny. Um, and I don't think she was necessarily talking directly about us, but you know, we have a, a pretty large following and people hit her up and said, do you mean this podcast or whatever? So Stephanie uh, engages these people. She's very clever and very good at social media. And she engaged some of those people and said, uh, kind of, you know, 
made notice of us and said, well, now that you mention it, I went back and did the math on it. And I think you, I think that podcast that you're claiming is progressive or whatever it is that's supposed to be different still has on something like 97% of their guests are white males. And so uh, then a Twitter war kind of erupted and it was kind of fun. I was uh, offline for the weekend and came back and found it and scrolled through the whole thing and was really, really <laughs> enjoying it. That must and have been so fun. It really was fun. I was like, because uh, I mean, because like, again, you're somebody that I listen to and like, and Aww. then I come back and then my followers have, you know, engaged you and you've taken them down one at a time. And some of them are close friends of mine. Aaron Lunsford, really? for one, is is one of my best friends. And he's somebody that I'm sure may, that, that you didn't enjoy talking to huh. at all. But he was being quite obnoxious as were some of our followers. And they tried to point out, well, they've had a black dude on before and that kind of thing. A and- whole black dude. Oh my God. <laughs> we got more what than am one. I saying? Why am I, how dare I get statistics? No. Um, yeah, I think I, I tweet this every, first of all, I want to say, hi, Joey. What's up? And hi, Toby. Hi. Hello. I, I talked to Joey on Hello. the phone. I haven't talked to you yet, Toby, but I can, al- I can already tell my, my accent's going to come back. Um, I grew up in Arkansas and then went to oh. college in Texas. So by the time this is over. And was a preacher's kid, right? I'm a preacher's kid. Okay. 100%. And Stephanie, I was telling these guys earlier, it's just like, like how you carry yourself on social media. And then I talked to you on the phone. I was like, this girl is so nice. I did not Aww. expect that. <laughs> that means well, you're not nice on social media. That's what the patriarchy would tell you is because I have a male pseudonym just for an experiment like this. And I am never, I never get whatever happened to me with your listeners uh-huh. or, or anybody. It's not just your listeners. It's anybody and it includes women. And uh-huh. it's in me because the patriarchy is ingrained. It's embedded. Misogyny happens. You breathe it your whole life. We're taught to defend it. And it's only something I've recently woken up to. So I, I just want to say I'm not here to rip you a new one. And I, I get it. I get it. I, I grew up in the fucking Bible Belt. I, I am a preacher's kid. I was. I promised to obey my husband when I got married, and <laughs> now, I mean, that was a, turned out to be a total lie. And thank God he's fine with it. But I, that's just how you grew up. So I, I totally understand. And as you were talking earlier, Joey, yeah, <laughs> these two names are four letters and end in Y. Okay, Joey and Toby. Um, Joey, as you were talking, I was thinking about how you're on that podcast, yeah. and you said I forgot that there were people like this out there. And so listening to you guys talk, I'm like, oh, yeah, they're, you know, you guys have a different mindset than I do. I work at a trauma center in downtown Seattle, and we're the only level one indigent care. We give care to all the people who don't have insurance, and we're the only facility that does that. So I have a special perspective that so many people don't. I could never have guessed that this stuff happens. I read, I work with trauma victims, and I just see this different reality that so many people don't. So I want to allow for that. And, um... I, I, I totally understand that you, if you, all these people had the perspective that I have and so many, so many people in community care have that you would absolutely have compassion and perspective for it. Of course you would. What do you mean? You're seeing a bunch of battered women or something? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. work with battered children. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of assault victims who are men. I mean, men are victims of the patriarchy as much as anyone else. And the word patriarchy still raises my hackles because I'm Southern and because I'm a woman. It's like, oh, what, what does that mean? What does that imply? Are the men the bad guys? And you're not. Absolutely not. So it just, it, it's just the social system is this Orwellian slow drip. So um, I tweet this thing every few months. I tweet, think of all the podcasts that consider themselves progressive. Uh-huh. Think of the people that they have on as guests. 96% white guys, right? 
Right. So every few, I mean, you can search it. I tweet and that, that is phrase. mathematically true about yeah. it. So my mind immediately goes to, well, and then, and so did our fans. They say, well, we had the, the, you know, we have some, these rappers on. We've had, I can list four or five, but that might be the end of the list, really. Yeah. And that's, you know what? That's, I, I'm, you guys may not consider yourselves progressive in the way that I think of progressivism. You guys have your set of people you talk to. And, and I, I work with people who are variety of, and friends with genders and, all over the spectrum and race and stuff and and backgrounds where I honestly don't want to get down on you for whatever your context is. Well, so, what is progressive? Can we say I don't I don't so here's the thing. I don't ever think about this podcast as really announced what it is. I just think right. I talk to these guys and people like it. But what I mean and Toby and Joey when she says progressive well, before she she probably has a working definition. I don't. But what does progressive well, mean? And do we say we we're progressive? Yeah, well, I, mean, I don't know. Stephanie and I were, Stephanie and I were talking about this last night. I mean I think that progressive uh, almost everybody in in the church circle see us as progressive because we use bad words and talk about edgy topics. But I think or criticize. Yeah, I, I think fundamentalism or something. I think we're right on the line, in my opinion, because we're basically Southern conservative Bible Belt Christian white males that just in the recent two years, our whole worldview is I think blowing up in in our in front of our eyes from the standpoint of now we're talking everything out. And I mean, the three of us all through college, we, we've always, mm-hmm. we've never been the typical, you know, sort of don't say bad things, don't joke mm-hmm. inappropriately type Christian. So we've always been a little bit different in that sense. But Toby, do you think we're progressive? I guess, I, yeah, I never thought about that. I, I guess I would never say that. I think uh, o- only thing I think we do is we actually record our shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, like that, that's it. it that, seems if, progressive, if progressive compared to it, Yeah, but I mean, I, I mean, like most people are hidden. So I think we, we do the best we can. We're still pretty hidden, but I think we do, we do the best we can at that. But I, w- I was going to say too, Stephanie, your parents think like you moved to Seattle and the city got you. Oh, is that what they, well, did, did they think any uh, stuff like that? Or? My story is really sad. My story is sad. My parents, this is, I'm going to drop a bomb. My parents disowned me and all my siblings a few, uh, when we asked them to go to therapy. Oh, so I no have, way. Yeah. Oh, and you know, my dad's an ordained Southern Baptist minister. And right. so that, that actually though was the time when I really questioned everything. And I, yeah. I had, I was forced into therapy. I had a breakdown just what, what these people taught me about God and love and what do I do with that now? You know, is God real? Right. So, and I talked about it on the Exvangelical podcast the other day. So that story's up in depth and um, I've only recently started talking about it in public, but they... So you have no contact with your parents at all? It's been 10 years I'm sorry and I have two children. 10 years? I have two, have I, I have a 15 year old and a 12 year old now. I'm so sorry. And my, my oh daughter, my 12 year old, she just turned 12 and she doesn't remember them. No. So, I mean, this is a type of thing where I spun out and I'm every, I, I was raised, I was a preacher's kid. I was, I can quote you any verse. If you name it, I can probably tell you. And I spent every summer at Christian camp and what, so I had to really bottom out, like I said, and it ended up after coming through that therapy thing and it didn't destroy my faith that I started to stuff Christian culture likes after somebody started asking me, this was in 08 when the, when McCain was running for president against Obama Someone asked me, how come Christians like McCain? Because he's pro-war. 
And I'm like, oh, Christians love war. Let me tell you all about that. And <laughs> and I from the you know mm-hmm. and they hate abortion. And there's they don't hold that intention at all. So that kind of came out of that. And it's kind of been a, a way. Now it's moved into just the Facebook page, and it's a kind of a triage center for people who are questioning the abusive system, fundamentalism, mm-hmm. things that are really covert. I, I had the I was friends with people who went to Mars Hill while it was still up here. While it was still in operation, Stephanie got a letter from Mark Driscoll's attorney. <laughs> I'd once. love to hear that. <laughs> really, <laughs> one of his attorneys. That's amazing. Did you bring well, that? I, I have. A, Did you bring it? I, you know, I, I, I'm so sorry. I didn't. I didn't think to, but I can tell you what it said because it's my Twitter bio for at fake Driscoll because <laughs> that's when I started it and I received this. Um, I started a, a parody Twitter account of him because I was in therapy group therapy with these women who attended Mars Hill and they were, I said this all in the Exvangelical podcast, but that's really long and not everyone will listen to it. So I'll repeat myself. Um, women were, were suicidal because they attended Mars Hill. They were pressured to quit their jobs and breed. And they wanted, they're like, I have this degree. I want to do this. I'm, I'm being told to have more babies and I'm depressed, I, you know, postpartum shit. And they're going, I'm just told by the lay counseling at Mars Hill that I need to deal with my depression by submitting to my husband more and praying harder. Mm-hmm. And these, I just saw it attacking families through the mother. Like what better way to destroy a family system than attacking the mental health yeah. of the mother and uh, talk about the patriarchy. You know, that was a good way to, <laughs> for like, oh, the husband's the head and you just submit to him and, and it's your, your problem. It's your fault. It's your sin because you're bottoming out. So um, that's when I started at Fake Driscoll. I just did it on my commute to work back and forth, but Marcel kind of got wind of that pretty quickly. Did you go to Marcel for years? No, I had okay. friends who did. I attended one sermon and I'm like, what the is going on? I cannot believe this person just said this. That was in about 2000 or 2001. So I started listening, though, to a lot of his podcasts to get an idea of his voice. And I, I just started tweeting parodies of stuff he's, he'd say, like, you know, Grace's weigh in is this is this Sunday. I'd really appreciate some prayers because she's been hitting the treadmill pretty hard. And, you know, I mean, here's what's crazy. <laughs> people are going, here's, that sounds like something he'd say. Here's what's crazy is the years that you're talking about. Here you are sending out you know, parody tweets. And I I feel like we're all somewhat on the same page with this right now. My wife and I were eating it up. I mean, we were listening Mm -hmm. to the podcast episodes being like, this dude is unbelievable. He is changing Mm -hmm. the way that we're living and, and all that stuff. And maybe for us, it was enough distance separating to where it didn't really it wasn't like abusive to our system. Like, I don't think we ever fell into like this. Joey Svensson's the dominant, you know, you do what I say sort of thing. But I mean, we were just, I just don't understand how we, I don't even know if we were duped. I, I don't know that whole thing is confusing to me. It's funny though, because if you look back at it, you would have read what she was doing at the time and me being involved for a long time, I would have seen it as this very dangerous, subversive, bad thing that is evil or something is what I would have yeah. thought. And now if I even scroll back in the timeline to a time when I would have thought that and read the, the stuff in the parody way, I think that's very funny and kind of right. You know, even if I was just to compare what I think now versus what that was then. And so it, it is quite interesting. So um, I'm, I'm curious about a couple of things. I'd like to talk about some women's stuff. And I I do apologize, but I do need to read one more ad for us today, but we're not taking a break. Please I'm just going to Porn accountability software ad? Nope, it's not a porn accountability (laughs) software ad. I I do want to tell people about Blue Apron, though. Blue Apron is something that is amazing, I think, for families specifically because cooking together, because, I mean, cooking is not just a woman's job. (laughs) 
I never do it anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore, man. I'm stroller buying, though. I mean, that's my arena. (laughs) So Blue Apron is something our family loves. The food is amazing. Um, It's the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. And uh, their mission is simple. It's just to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone. Uh, We do this together in our house, and, and I always... Uh, love the food. They also, they do, they have uh, established partnerships with over 150 local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the U.S. It can be delivered to 99% of the continental U.S. It's basically like food you get in a restaurant, but you can make it. So you're cooking out of your own league here. If you spend a lot of money at a restaurant or a high-end grocery chain, well, check this out. This is about $10 per person for a delicious Meal And here's the kind of stuff they make. Uh, upcoming is spicy shrimp and Korean rice cakes with cabbage and furiaki, pork chops and garlic piccata with scallion rice and spinach, mushroom and chipotle pepper enchiladas with lime and sour cream. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high-quality ingredients make a real difference, so it's important to know where your food comes from. It's affordable, great variety. It's flexible. You can customize your based on your preferences. And uh, I'm just telling you, Straight up, we like it a ton here at our family. So check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free. And then you'll see, you'll agree with me. Uh, free shipping too, by the way, by going to blueapron.com slash badchristian. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash badchristian. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Okay, so th- we've been talking about doing this for a while, uh, and then the timing's pretty good because there's a lot of uh, women stuff going on right now, and it really is causing me to think. And you throw around that term patriarchy like that, and it makes me like, uh-oh, of course. Uh, does that mean we're the bad guy and stuff like that? And, and I'm trying to do the thing where you listen and mm-hmm. understand it. There's the Women's March, all the stuff is going on. Yeah. And something you referenced earlier before is a very tangible one. You said you have a male... Uh, Twitter account that you use, and you say mm-hmm. that you tweet the exact same things as an experiment, which sounds like science, which I'm interested in. I do. And it you on get face- totally Facebook. I have the exact same thing because Twitter, it's too easy to search the mm-hmm. exact same phrase. <laughs> so yeah. you use a male account, yeah. and tweet this or post the same things yeah. and get totally different reactions. Uh huh. It's me about so that. interesting. You will say, and and people ask me, "What's your handle?" And I don't want to say because I think that would ruin the it would. integrity. Yeah, don't say what it is. But um, I it's I, if I will push back against anyone in any conversation, it doesn't have to be religious or anything. If I say something that is kind of on the edge or maybe a little controversial, as a female, as myself. I will get people saying, I don't know about that. And here's why. And you might want to rethink this and, you know, but good luck on to you on your, on your mission to change the world. You know, it's needed. And it's just, it's really condescending. But if I say the same thing as a guy, then people will say to me, men and women, or well, men will say, bro, nice, nice looking out, bro. Good. I can see that. I don't agree, but that's really interesting. I'll think about that. <laughs> I, I don't, it, I swear good to God. Lord. And it was so interesting when I was talking to your friend, you say he's a good friend. He was saying, so what's your data? Aaron and I go, Lunsford, well, here's yeah. my, here's my numbers. He's like, that doesn't prove anything. Yeah. That, I don't get it. And, and, but then to other, the other men in the thread, his response was very different. So and it's, it's an unconscious thing, but I just want to point out the. Do you think slogan. it's unconscious though? The stuff like, I mean, how, I mean, for the fact that we, think of ourselves, I at least think of ourselves as progressing or trying to do things different and, and whatever it is. And you're right. Our numbers don't bear out that we've 
actively seeking diversity, does that make us That's, villains? That may not like, be what, what are we ignorant to people do. still, or is it okay that we just talk till we want to? It means that you have a specific worldview. And I, I, I was, I wanted to say to Joey that I started crying over there listening to you saying to the man about the trans community, you're like, I'm, you're talking about real people here. I started tearing up over there. And I, I, that's what it's about is just remember real people. I don't think that you guys are out to marginalize anybody. You're not doing a good job of blasting us yet, Stephanie. (laughs) (laughs) I told you that's not what I'm trying to do. (laughs) The one pastor on the podcast, she teared up at his words. (laughs) Joey, that was gorgeous. That's what it's about. That was so beautiful because I have friends who've transitioned. And when I lived in the South, I didn't fucking know any gay people. Mm -hmm. And when I come here in my, you know, before my parents disowned me, but they're like, you have gay friends? How did you meet them? Where do you find those people? They're going to hurt your marriage. Like that was kind of the mindset. And uh-huh. but but when you're in community to use the Christian culture, <laughs> Christianese with people, when they're part of your friend, circle of friends, you see what it's like. So you you think, what does that feel like to be that person who's living in without with so much less privilege? And I, I have tons of privilege, and it really sucks. You know, you've heard the. I'm sure you've heard the phrase that when you have privilege any kind of equality, it feels like oppression. Mm -hmm. And it does because all of us with privilege we bear on our back or or the people without privilege bear on their backs what we get away with. It's like capitalism. Mm -hmm. Same thing. And it's as old as time. It's nothing new. It's Jesus. Jesus addressed it all the time. So I'm not saying that you guys are villains in any way. I'm saying this is your perspective. This is your worldview. And I live and I work in, in the bright downtown Seattle with the most marginalized group. So this is my perspective. So do we need that? Just, I mean, what do we need to do though? Go ahead. Just Joey. feel, just keep your hearts open. Like, look at Joey. What a doll. <laughs> well, I was going to say, <laughs> let Toby not, talk a while. But, you might change your mind. Yeah, no, I, I'm, yeah. it's okay. <laughs> so do, do we have a response? Because with, with all the Twitter exchanges and Dave Bazan, he's one of our favorite people ever. And it seemed like he was, he was coming Bible from an angle leader. of, no, you guys have a responsibility. And I just, mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. Like I, that, that would be like, well, so you should not like, what if somebody had a podcast that was on rock bands? Well, they're not going to have that many black guys on there. It's just going to happen. I to be- did. Okay. That's interesting. Cause you're speaking from your perspective. You're speaking out of your perspective that there aren't that many rock bands with black people in them. But there's less. Are there fewer? Are there? No, I think so. See from your, from your perspective, there is, I mean, there's bad brains, right? That's the only punk one you can think <laughs> of that, but, but go looking, go looking. It's outside of our perspective. Yeah. But the, and, and, but I mean, the ones but that is are a mathematical fact at the bottom of it, that, that, you know, of, the ones that are, <laughs> yes, see, but, the, but there is an looking, objective though, amount. But look outside, because in your frame, in your circle, in our circle of reference, we like we listen to white people. We listen to white music. Right. I can I can cite a little bit of Dre and Snoop, mm-hmm. but kind of ironically, and that's kind of how I go. Right. So that's just that's my bubble. But and, there's also you want to talk to people that you're familiar with and might know. That would be a big factor why, on who comes on your show. Sure, like people and you why know is that? And already know. But why are the people you know of your same gender and your same race? and your same socioeconomic structure. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's true of everybody everywhere in the world of all time. And that's what keeps the structure, yeah. the hierarchy there. That's why mm-hmm. there had to be the Women's March the other day. In order, I'm sorry, just go a little slower for me. Though, oh, sorry. To walk me through that. I'm just saying, I'm saying in general, mm-hmm. everybody of all time, for the most part, mm-hmm. on average, knows and is familiar with people that are of their same uh, 
status and gender or people they would be around. That's just like, you know, isn't everything can't is be that completely. Okay? It's a good question, but nonetheless, it is a reality. If is I'm that okay with well, you? Well, well, I would think it's okay that a uh, uh, inner city African-American teen doesn't know how many uh, white emo kids bands there are. But why, But that would be because he doesn't have that many white friends. If he prefers rap music or R&B or something like that, that doesn't make me think he's racist against me or his style of music, maybe that is just what his family listened to or whatever. That doesn't make me necessarily think that guy is bad because he doesn't branch out and listen to rock music. Yeah, I see, I, I see it more as we're missing out and it's disadvantageous to ourselves, but, and, and, I, and I very well could be wrong, and I probably am, I don't see it as you're a bad person if you're not making this huge effort to seek out people that are different when when maybe you're working with people that are similar to you, you're going to church with people, it's not ideal. And believe me, I mean, to Toby worked with me for years. I want more than anything, a more diverse congregation. But then you get to a point where if you try to manipulate that and, and get more black mm -hmm. people, then yeah, it comes across right. as disingenuous, you know? So it's just... Well, that makes you wonder too, why does church have to be in a building and with a congregation? What if your church was you quit your pastor job right. and you go out and you talk mm -hmm. to people who aren't in your socioeconomic structure? What if that was your church? Yeah. yeah. And Fair I'm just enough. asking a question. I'm not saying you're a bad person if you don't do yeah. that. I'm just saying, what is our, our definition of structure? And what did Jesus come to do when he was talking about the classes? He was breaking them down. He, was, he went to the people who are the very least of, of the society. He went to the prostitutes and the women and the tax collectors, and he embraced them. And he wasn't saying, y'all are bad people who don't see this. Just look that they have the same value as yeah. you. They're humans. Yeah, Joey, so I'm not Joey goes to, to prostitutes, yeah. for sure. Yeah, he visits prostitutes all yeah, so so that's what, That don't explains even, don't all the anti-porn software y'all used to have on here. Hey, well, I, I, I definitely... Can I ask a question? Uh, no, I wanted to I'll, ask I'll, you, I'll, like... <laughs> I'm really curious because this is something that I feel like I'm learning as well from a biblical perspective. Like, here's the transition I'm in. I mean, I used to do, uh, I've been doing premarital counseling now since like 08. And early on, it was like, here's the male's role. Here's the female's role. How do you feel about this? I don't want to use the word submission, but that's kind of what it is. Where now my approach is what sort of lifestyle biblically are you guys wanting to adopt and let me help you out with that? So in other words, if you kind of see, you know, male leadership, let me at least try to give you the most healthy picture of that. And that doesn't mean if you disagree with something, oh, the male gets to make the decision. No, it means you really try to figure out who's better equipped to make this decision and seeing both people as equal contributors and stuff. But I just, I'm at a place now to where it's just like, there's certain scriptures I don't know what to do with. So do you see all of that stuff as cultural? Very largely. Yeah. When you talk about Paul's letters yeah. and the women and their head yeah. coverings, that was straight totally. up cultural. Yeah, I do. So short answer. Yes. Gotcha. But like Joey, your heart is so precious. <laughs> we get it's it, Joey. Sweet, we got Joey's it. No, but you are—that's a pastoral he, heart that you have. When you told that a hole that he needed, you were thinking about people. That's what it is. That's what it is. Right. So it, it's just a white male tricking a white female. That's, that's all that was. Right? I'm sorry, Stephanie. Now, here's, here's, here's what I that. wanted to ask. Uh, you said how you teared up earlier when you were talking about your parents. That mm. just wrecked mm. wrecked me. Like I just Thank think you. about. I have two daughters yeah. and I cannot believe, and, and I don't ever say this. I've never said anything like this in my life. If God would have a parent turn back their back on their child, that, that, that is, 
that can't be right. Like that, that there has to be some connection there. I can't believe your parents would do that to you. So first of all, I'm sorry. That really affects me. I can't, I hate that. No matter what my daughter does, I promise you, I'm just going to try and deal with it. Like I might not understand it. I might hate it, but I'm not going to hate my daughter. But I wonder like uh, uh, what what I was going to go to, it, it does seem like, man, from your experiences that you, you know, have felt really, uh, you know, oppressed, uh, turn people have turned their back on you, all these things. When you go online, what is that? What is kind of, is part of that in your mind? Like when you, uh, come out on with a hard stance or anything like that, are you thinking like personally, are, are those, those feelings there? Like, uh, like what's your goal when you come out hard, like, uh, like with our friend, Aaron, who just texted me and said, you're way nicer in person. <laughs> Aaron said, Aaron Lunster, to see. Aaron Lunster just texted me. I don't have anything that. to say to that guy. <laughs> right, right, yeah, I'm, I, Other than. Uh, there you go. Wait, well, oh, wait. He just texted me. Fuck you. Um, but it, just joking. But I'm wondering, like, what, when you, uh, what is your goal when you go online? Are you thinking rile people up? Are you thinking change thoughts? Or, like, I mean, is, is there a part of it that's like, hey, man, people screw with you. So I'm going to, I'm going to screw back. Like you are less aggressive in this format. I have to be. I mean, this is how I am normal. And when I'm online, I'm saying things as I would if, if there was no gender assigned to me, because I need to act like a whole person online. I need yeah. to be an entire person. And if they, if I said, if I said to you what I tweeted, you guys would go, oh, that's hilarious. Oh, that's haha. I see. Because you can see someone's thoughts and their expression. The fact that a yeah. woman is saying these things that I'm saying completely makes a difference. Just, I'm just saying, you, you, <laughs> if you look at what I say and, and pretend Dave Bazan is saying it, I bet you anything, you go, yeah, man, yeah, yeah, bro, good yeah, word. I, th- I believe you. I, I, so, I actually think you're totally like, right. I disagree, I, yeah, but yeah. whatever. Yeah, I disagree, yeah, but, but I'll think about that. Not like she's annoying <laughs> and shrill. What a bitch. Or, or that we would give Dave Bazan the Who benefit of the doubt instead of you. Yeah, uh, Of course. Just, just for, and for that's how it is, being yeah. male or female. Yeah. But but I'm wondering, like, what, what is your goal when, oh, you, when you're writing all these things? Like, what are you thinking? Like when you, when you, you, are you thinking, oh, oh, this is going to stir some stuff up? I can kind of tell when stuff that will take off a little bit, but I, I mean, also I know, oh, I'll get, I'll lose all these followers and people will mute me. I'm, I'm sure I, I kind of aim to be unfollowed <laughs> because I want to <laughs> say things that are true enough that they will offend people in the sense that the truth is offensive. Mm-hmm. When you look at the, all the manipulation that is in the church and Christian evangelical Christian culture is the part of the church I'm very familiar with. So that's what I address. But when you look at the corruption in that and, and just the layers of control and shame, the way they control us, I kind of want to just nudge that and go and make people think, why do we subscribe to this? Is this freedom? Is the yoke easy? I think you got to be careful, though, because if you think about it. Oh, do you have advice for me? I do. (laughs) Um, I think you have to be careful. You, Mm -hmm. anybody, including us, has to be careful because if you. Hey, real quick. Matt doesn't ever give advice to males. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I know. Yep. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You you had to be careful. Just like that pastor that Joey was talking to, he gets rewarded by. Like like the thing you just said about you try to be unfollowed. I, I understand that for sure. And I'm very glad. When we first started doing this, it was nonstop having to explain yourself, whatever. Now, less of that. We've got it more of a groove yeah, yeah. going. But if you over-exaggerate that, want to be unfollowed. Sure. No, then I mean, you, you kinda... I am a little, yeah, with that. Because a lot of people, I, I'll tell you this much. I don't like to say this a lot because it sounds like I'm going, I'm being really defensive. And But I get probably 10 to 15 letters or letters, emails or direct messages a week that say you saved my life. I was suicidal. I thought that I was 
I was going, I was going to kill myself because I'm gay. I'm trans. I'm in the church. I had no yeah. hope. And you, your community stuff, Christian culture likes on Facebook has shown me that I might not be wrong, mm-hmm. that there, that God is love. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I just want to say that for the people who are, who really do live on the margins, people of color, people of different orientations, people of different socioeconomic groups, it means it probably means more to have someone pushing back. Yeah, than, I understand that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. what I mean by that. And I'm, I no, don't yeah. aim I to be a total cunt, but that's kind of how I, it's funny though. Like things that I wouldn't say if they thought I was a guy, it's received completely differently. Yeah, it's part of the whole, I guess. But you know, I wonder. You don't worry that you push people farther away, like you, you from po- God. Polarize. You mean, no, no, just oh, polarize. Oh. You know, politicize oh. and polarize. So we were talking about the women's yeah. march, which is a great topic. Oh, okay. But you know, that's that's the thing. Do we need to polarize it? Or, or I'm just saying, like, yeah. here's where I'm at with the women's march. Okay, I think I like it. I think I like it. I mean, do you, I mean what I, do you I think it's know. about? I could, I could, I could make a stance if I wanted to justify why it was dumb. I could come up with the reasons. We discussed it before. We all threw out some reasons it might not be good or could be good or whatever it is. I could go that way. And if somebody is obnoxious to me, I'm going to go the other way. You know what I mean? Like that's a big issue we have. Sure. Is we're po- everybody has to. Does everybody need a stance on the women's march? Well, like, do you need a stance on civil rights? Do you need a stance on equality? Are mm-hmm. all people created the same in the eyes of the God you believe in? That's the question. So if you have, but what are your you, reservations could you, could about you the say women's yes march? to those things and still say, I don't say like the, the women's, women's march. march is, why? Okay, could, please. Could somebody hold that point why, of view? No. Why, why do you think women are not as equal as men? Why do women make so much less? Why, but, why are but, women cast aspersions okay, upon Okay, I'm talking about the women's march itself. Can somebody have the opinion of, I don't really like that march. Tell but me I don't, why you wouldn't you know. like the women's march. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a, a tons of single issue. For instance, the people, it, I mean, for instance, it gets over. This is what I'm saying. I don't like this, but it gets over polarized and politicized on whether or not it's about abortion or not. And oh, I think that's the abortion silly, issue. But if right, you, if right. you have a hard line on that, you, you know what? Because that's yeah. such a pro-choice I, I'm sorry. thing, I see what you I'm yeah. going to say I don't like, you know, and there's a million people. I've seen a lot of people that I respect that are women and men and people that I respect. Yeah, yeah. And they say, I'm against this march because of those tones. Mm-hmm, and I think mm-hmm. that's an okay point of view. That doesn't mean they're against civil rights and don't uh, want equal pay and stuff like that. And if somebody, and then if somebody, yeah. I'm not saying you, but if somebody uh-huh. takes a super hard line stance and attacks them and says, that means you don't care about black people. That means you don't actually care about women. Then then they're just going to dig in their heels more. Yeah, that's why conversations like this are so much more productive than like you're saying, the hard, life, hard line stance. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a Catholic priest that I follow. He's Jesuit. He's Stephen Colbert's favorite priest. And he used to have him on the Daily Show a lot. His name's um, James Martin. And he posted today on Instagram why he... He marched with the women's right, even though he's obviously pro-life as a Catholic Mm -hmm. priest. And he's like, I marched because I'm pro-life in the sense that I support the social programs that enable women with less advantage to be able to bring their children up and and have childcare and have these types of government programs that are necessary for them to be, for them to have birth access to birth control, Planned Parenthood. The the percentage of abortions that Planned Parenthood provides is uh, in the whole of their services, I'm sorry. Um, are like 7% of all mm-hmm. the things that they do. So there's, and also when you, you, may, you all may not know people, many people who have had abortions in the situations they were in. And I was, I was the most conservative pro-life person before I met these people who were in these horrible situations and, and were anguished. And it's, no one likes abortion. It's not fun. It's, these people are in very desperate situations. And I'm, I'm at, my kids are at the age now where I'm teaching them what are you going to do when you have a friend who's going through this? And mm-hmm. my son is like, abortion's horrible. And I'm like, all right, let's talk about that. It's wonderful that you think it's horrible. It's wonderful that you think life begins at conception and all this. And let's talk about why you think that. I'm not going to tell him 
what to think. I'm going to say, think about the woman who's having to carry that child and what all of her challenges are. And think about the God that you believe in. Is he real and is he good? Is she sovereign? Is she, is she omniscient? What does this mean in the whole scheme of things? And can you hold that tension? So that's kind of where I like going back to what Joey said about the whole person. I think if you touch on the whole person, then the polarity disappears. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, and there's no black and white. There's when you're, when you're dealing with people, you have to, like I said, I'll say it one more time, hold that tension. It is, there's so much at stake. There's people's histories that are intersecting with other people's histories and that's why they collide. And it's, it's incredibly difficult to to form a hard line opinion. Mm-hmm. So when I see those women marching, I think about how a hundred fewer than a hundred years ago, women weren't allowed to vote. Mm-hmm. And you know, you look back 40 years ago, there were segregated water fountains back in, in my hometown. And, you know, what will that look like? Where will we be on the side of history? And but but the most important thing in all that is how am I being with these people who have less than I do, the marginalized, how am I being with them in their struggles? So that's kind of what Stuff Christian Culture Likes is about, is raising the questions, making people think, what do I really think about this? I've never thought about it in that way before. And it's initially very threatening. But then for me, it was very initially threatening to even doubt God. And it became the, the most freeing, wonderful thing that ever happened to me. It's just that first little seedling of doubt. Nice. So is one, is one of your, like, have you thought about how Christian culture should change? Like what it, like, like we, both uh, you and and us, we criticize the church mm-hmm. uh, relentlessly, almost. And I, I'm I'm, I'm wondering, like, what 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 are you hoping for as far as change within the church? Obviously, loving people more, but is there even like yeah. in logistically how churches run? Are you thinking through any of that stuff? Yeah, I was I was a member of a PCA church for 12 years when we lived here, and that ended when for me it ended when the PCA church over on Capitol Hill, fired one of the musicians and just put his family out on the street because I had to change a vision plan. And it was like a clear case of a business plan being more important than this family who had been there from the beginning of the church. Mm -hmm. And that was just tragic for me. And I couldn't, I'm like, I can't stay here. I talked to the board of elders four or five times. I was just this weeping woman and these like seven or eight white dudes being like, Mm-hmm. And my husband was there and he'd reiterate what I said. And they go, oh, okay, okay, I can see. <laughs> so that's when I first started waking up to how I was perceived. And then we moved on to this very small church. Um, it identified as very progressive, had women on staff. But I had to leave last October because of these gender issues, which other women defended that I, I, I was, there was inequality. There was, there was a lot of blind spots. And I'm like, I can't be here right now, even though you guys are really trying. I love you guys. And you're really trying. And you have a lot of awareness, but it's not healthy for me right now. And I'm not raising my children in a church where the pastor is afraid of their mother just because she won't cut herself in half because she, she, won't, she won't present less of herself to make him more comfortable. So that's kind of how that, that went down. And I, it feels weird for me to not be raising my children in church when I, I do go to Catholic churches every day just because I like to be near the tabernacle where they hold the host, the, what the Catholics believe is the incarnated body of Christ, which sounds so strange to me when I was growing up Protestant and my parents would rather me have been atheist than Catholic. But um, there's something about that that I'm just very drawn to. So that's my church now. My, I'm not, it's not a building. It's, I think that I have a good system of friends that are spiritual and that's kind of my church without without a building. And I think of the early church, like in Acts and in the first few centuries, it was just people going out to the desert and, and then getting back together and talking about stuff. So um, that would be my vision for, for Christian culture is maybe think 
think back to how how did they do it back in the first centuries when Jesus had just had just walked the earth and the the memory was fresh. What is um, some of your favorite uh, evangelical scandals as of late? Scandal, my favorite, well, my but... favorite. I can't even keep track of yeah, them. Honestly, they're, they're I think it's like a lot. I, I do think it's kind of hilarious that that Mark Driscoll suddenly has all this money to buy a twenty one million dollar property in Scottsdale, Arizona, mm-hmm. after he skipped town with with a giant overseas fund for his missions that, that they never sent overseas. So there's a RICO lawsuit against Driscoll. I think that's really I they interesting. I just missed that, but I, mean, I don't know if they You like that guy? But it, yeah. You like him? <laughs> He's great. That Pete Wilson video I thought was very, very Which funny. Which one was that? The one where he was talking about his wife. You Why am I skipping that one. on that? I, I, the one where I he and his wife, I, I, I showed it to Toby and Joey, the one where he was talking oh, yeah. to his wife about on that marriage video, and then they later got divorced and his oh, church fell apart. Pete. But, but oh, there was yeah. so many undertones okay, in that okay. conversation they had. Isn't that funny? Because yeah. that's the type of thing like 10 years ago we would have thought, so? Yeah. That's funny. Right. That's a funny right. video. And now we're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Things like that are, they're just, they're always coming up. And and I try to post a few good things as well as the sobering things. What's a good thing lately? A good thing lately. I'll, I'll post stuff by James Martin, the Catholic priest, <laughs> just to kind of get people out of their evangelical lens. Mm-hmm. Cause that's terrible. Yeah. It's terrifying. Catholicism. I'm, you know, I was taught to think that's her- Those are, those guys are heretics. And, yeah. but you know, what there's a lot of good there too. And, and what do we know about how can we be absolutists? How can we say we, we, are, we have masters of, have mastery of these kind of eternal mystical concepts? So we're going to see some crazy stuff in the coming times with the uh, evangelical and the mega churches. I mean, I think they, there's a bunch of them that we don't know. I, mean, I don't know. I'm not making any sp- specific predictions, but there's got to be a good amount of time bombs waiting to go off there that are brewing, you know, because yeah, they yeah. happen so quickly. They we've do. seen and and they're happening a little bit increasingly and for it used to be has to be a gay prostitute drug thing to take down a church and now we see uh, bullying or <laughs> you know yeah. things like that can take down churches and and rightly so in both cases probably man mm-hmm. I think there must be a bunch of stuff brewing out there that we're going to see oh, so yeah, it doesn't do us, what my point is it doesn't mm-hmm. do us any good to just always get the back of everybody on our team that's what we wish every uh, uh, we wish cops would do a better job of taking of not take not covering their own asses all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? We wish yeah. we need that in the church. We I mean and so I think being critical or calling it like it is is something you just is just absolutely necessary. That's why we have journalism for politics. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And I mean and agree or not on this, I think even in the Muslim community, we would like for them to to do a good job of their handling their own people. They don't need me to criticize them, they could need to do a good job of handling their own selves too. And so this is just our part of making sure that we call out the stuff we see and the stuff that we understand and actually have the ability to see because we've been in it. So I think it's pretty important. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. Yeah, I was going to say, you're exactly right. That's what I I think has been lacking for so long, in especially in the evangelical world, but just the fact that we go, hey, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, you don't know what it's like to be a pastor with that much responsibility and what I want to say is, why do they have that much responsibility? That's what's blowing mm-hmm. my mind. Like, it, it, I, I was going to ask you too, Stephanie. Like, what, what do you, what is your take on like when you see Mark Driscoll? Uh, we we call them mega pastors or you know yeah. mega churches and stuff like that. Do you think that's even sustainable? Like when and, and everything yeah. that you've been re- reading and studying or, or making fun of, uh, like, do you think that that's even sustainable for a, a person to do that? Like, it seems like they always fail. I don't. I think it's way <laughs> too much pressure for a mortal to be, you know, I, you've, there's all that pressure on the leader who's supposed to be, you know, that's why they have this accountability software <laughs> because what are you going to do when 
because the congregation can't see your humanity. What I liked about the small church that we were part of is that we all sat at little round tables and the, the pastor taught, but we all kind of raised our hands and it was a conversation. Midrash, yeah. I don't know if you know that Jewish term or Hebrew term. So it was kind of, that was a concept that we were all part of it and engaged, but it's way too much responsibility. The role of celebrity pastor pastor yeah. or rabbi, or not, I guess rabbi means teacher, but I think the root word for pastor is shepherd, where they would know each member of the congregation. Yeah. Mark Driscoll, when he was pastor, if you try to get a, a you know, a, an appointment with him, a personal appointment, they say he only speaks to the media, that sort of thing. Wow. It's, I don't think <laughs> yeah. that's any good. You need like a little community of people that you can say, life fucking sucks and I want to shoot myself. And they they wouldn't freak out. They'd come over and you guys would have some fondue and maybe just talk about stuff and you'd feel better when it's over maybe a little bit. You just need a small community. I really feel a little circle. You need your pastor to be someone who you can say that sort of thing to and they will actually have space to care and and go into action. So your pastor could be your friend. Yeah. Your pastor could not have an actual technical role of being uh, overseeing a whole mm-hmm. quote flock. I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. And then in that scenario, a pastor could mess up and it might be like handled in a good way. Like it would be fruitful to him and his family and everybody like Mark Driscoll separated himself so far that when it yeah. blew up, it exploded even on him and his yeah. family, like to where yeah. they had to move to another state. How traumatic like, he, was he, that for his he kids needs and his wife, you know, I was thinking, yeah, about I, know, I mean, he needs help. Like he needs somebody in his life, I know he would probably, maybe I don't know, maybe he would push him away or not. But I'm just saying, like that, like the worst person, one of the worst people that got affected by the Mars Hill thing was probably Mark Driscoll, and he needs somebody to go. Well, dude, hold on, mm-hmm. you are loved, mm-hmm. man. You got some he shit wrong, and we're throwing him right back in. Right, that's what I can't believe <laughs> that's that people just would hurt go. So you know what? People, exactly. You know what? That brought up was something else I thought about. In case this went bad, I had another point. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt was, warned us about you a I ton. Tell you one reason we've had on one reason we've had on a ton of uh, of white male pastor types is because man, that's the people we think are is goofy and we disagree with. So we had Perry Noble on here before his church. We had him on right. Before. I gotta listen to that. Yeah, you should go oh, listen to it. And we gave him a. It was a good conversation. Okay. But the that's the whole reason we have a lot of people like that on there is because man, that is the people we have some tension with. Well, he and, had, I mean? he had, he checked into rehab recently, did he yeah. not? And it makes yeah. me think, it's, is how much of that, what, I think that's 100% attributed to his yeah. role as this untouchable pastor who can't be transparent and with his congregation. And him and Pete Wilson both now, yeah. and this is the craziest yeah. thing. They both had giant churches that were very successful financially. Then they have a moral problem or some problem, and then it's gone. Now they're both back leading really high level, expensive consulting groups consulting to teach churches. other people how to yeah. make their churches really big and make a lot of money. So now they get to give all those skills to those people without having to be the pastor anymore and probably make more money easier. Yeah, you know, that's how it works. Guess, that yeah. is absolutely how it yeah. works. That's the pattern. Here, I failed. This is the only yeah. only job, <laughs> except maybe the presidency, or yeah. <laughs> where you can fail spectacularly and then be promoted to a consulting position. <laughs> yeah. Well, Stephanie, With less responsibility, make more money easier. Yeah. Stephanie, before you go, I would love for you to talk to our female listeners that are married to guys that are oh. emotionally distant. Yeah, don't speak to the man, oh, please. Okay. Don't mind. Their husbands are emotionally distant. How do they continually put out for their husbands? Like, just just speak yeah. on that, please. Put out sexually? <laughs> do you mean put out sexually? Like, have sex with them? Sexually. Oh, man, don't. <laughs> 
Okay. okay. Uh, I, I, I can't speak to that in a broad term. This is like the mega church pastor situation. Again, I can't. I, you have to. I love this. I was making a joke, but I thought you were going to go here. He was just trying to joke. Oh, oh okay. just... I believed you because I get letters from people. I say letters. Why do I say letters? I've been listening to Letterman <laughs> for, um, since the 80s. So that's a that's a problem. But how many female listeners do you have? I'm just curious. Oh, unbelievable. Okay. 13%. Please. Well over 13%. Pretty high, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Toby, do you have some news to do today or, or no? Oh, we're doing news? I'm I just asking know. if we do. We're going to get out of here in a little yeah, bit. Yeah. We can do news yes, if you want I can to. Do some you news. pull up a news. I'm going to ask Stephanie another question. Um, All right. The the other thing that we talk about a lot that I'm kind of, Toby uh, deals with a lot, oh, yeah. and I'm very interested in it is, is how, where, what place do we have in the future for masculinity itself? Because I really like mm-hmm. masculinity. I think it's good and important. And here's a quote I say, and I really mean this. I have three daughters and they're, uh, they're not, they're minority. I have two, I'm sorry, I have two daughters and a wife, but I have three minority women that I mm-hmm. care for very much. I'm very excited about their future. Mm-hmm. And when I look at them and when I see the future coming, I think mm-hmm. they are going to be in great shape. I'm very optimistic. I'm not worried about them at all, personally. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be great. I think the future is going to be great. They're going to be fine. I think they're better suited for the future than boys are and men are. I think overall, I think they're more equipped because I think there's a lot of differences in men and women. I really do. I believe there's a lot of innate differences. Mm-hmm. And um, I think they're better suited for the future. And because of people fighting for it, it's going to be good. So here's what I like to say is I do think women are better than men, but I think it's okay to be a man. I think it's okay. I think it's, I think it's wonderful to be a man. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of man stuff that that is built into us, this biology. I'm not saying boys will be boys. I'm not excusing anything. But man, we're supposed to like, there's so much stuff in us that's so real to like, that feels like it's an overreaction to squash it. And it oh, does concern me. Um, so my son Judah is 15. And I remember when he was about two years old, I take him to play groups. And I had to email so many of the other mothers saying, I'm so sorry he assaulted your <laughs> child. I am so sorry. I would, it was kept me up at night. I'm like, I felt so bad. It was usually like, <laughs> like a more mild mannered kid. And, and now Judah's 15 and he's the sweetest. He's taller than me. He's six two. And he's, he's so sweet. And, and there's something about him that I, of course I didn't, the, the thing about talking about masculinity is masculinity. Okay. From that lens, we're thinking, that masculinity is specifically being aggressive. I think, you know, kind of sports. And- I mean, it's, you know, individuals are individuals, but as a yeah. group, I think there's biological starts of, Definitely. of us that's supposed to be uh, aggressive and not supposed to, that's, a, that's the wrong word for it, but tends to be. Of like, course. And if you, if you just say everything, football's bad because war and violence are bad. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, we're <laughs> a little bit more violent and aggressive. Yes. On, on football's the bad. So now if football's bad, if, if we can't even have football because it's bad and it's violent, we got to, that, I had no, all these just muted squash men out there that are in these marriages. And I think this isn't good. We have these real impulses in biology and mm. we're trying to squash all, even the outlets. So I'm not saying rape is good and violence just mm-hmm. to settle conflict is good, but those are the, those same impulses. There is an appropriate, even if it's inappropriate for our future society. What are we going to do with it? We're, that's what we are. We have that. My problem with football is how the NFL will get your get you off your rape charge hook. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. That's different, though. All but. right. I, I mean, my husband is way into sports, and he I have a hashtag on my regular Twitter account, Steffi Sports Center, because he tries to get me interested by telling me the backstories of the like the Harbaugh's. I'm like, oh, this guy's like Mark Driscoll. <laughs> like, I feel I don't light a candle for their wife and wives and children because they seem to have real anger problems. He's like, yeah, this dude just got you know popped for a DUI, and like, ooh, and then I'll watch. So anyway, that's hashtag Steffi Sports Center. But the whole point of football in in the the micro not even microaggression, just the aggressive side of masculinity. Is 
is, I think that's normal. I think there's a lot of biological differences. I think girls, of course, my, my daughter, you know, is, I call I would call her spitfire and I'm aware of my internalized misogyny and in dealing with my daughter where I would, I would call her bossy and I wouldn't call my son bossy mm-hmm. for doing the exact same thing. So that's just something I'm kind of aware of. And going back to how Judah's a sweetheart now, when he would push his friends, I would say, imagine how that felt for Griffin. I'll, I'll never forget this kid's name because he would pretend to push him. Like when Griffin wasn't around, he'd go push Griffin. And <laughs> I'm like, oh no, do I need to be worried about his, his aggression? But I'd say, how would you feel if you were Griffin? And so I think it's just teaching empathy. And now his, I mean, he's, he's kind of into sports and he's, he doesn't have a lot to prove as far as like you were saying, masculinity, where in the South, I think that was a condition. This can be overblown, but I mean, it's a real thing. I mean, it's a real thing. I mean, uh, you know, many men like to smash stuff. And if you tell them you can't do any of the stuff that you're RNA in you, then I think you're going to have another problem. I think it'll be mental illness and other hidden aggressions and, you know, weird, it'll come out weird sexually if we don't let men be sometimes, men. I'm not saying, I'm not excusing yeah. any bad behavior that sure. we have decided is not okay anymore. Well, and, and women do have, have that same thing. And I, I think it all goes back to how are you allowed to feel your feelings? Mm-hmm. And Christian culture <laughs> did not let us feel our feelings. Like anger and sadness were bad emotions. I, yeah. I'm related to someone who, who tells their children, have a happy heart like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. like, Jesus was a man of sorrow yes. and acquainted with grief. You know, I'm barking from across the room. So in, in any case, repressing and suppressing mm-hmm. stuff is bad. So let's, yeah. let's all be careful about over-suppression of masculinity. Is that well, reasonable? Well, I would say let's be careful about, about not feeling your sadness. Mm-hmm. What is it about men that they feel like they can't cry? Why is that? Curly. Why? I'm just kidding, but but I don't like to. Jesus wept. Yeah. Why not though? I don't know. See? I mean, I understand there's some stuff to untangle there, but we need to untangle it carefully is what I'm saying. Yeah, and there crying is, is the way yeah, to go. You're right. Because, no, there is something about like crying or yeah. doing like I I like it, when you were telling your story about your parents disowning you or whatever. Like I didn't really want to tear up or cry because this uh, there is something there that makes me feel like I'm Aww. showing some kind of emotion or weak. And maybe it'd be like like I would think I was a weakness or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but I think, think that yeah. I, I do think that's probably changing. And and I think that sometimes weakness is super strong, right? Like showing your weaknesses is super strong. For sure. But uh, like what y'all were saying, it's funny too, because I would say this too. Some like sometimes there's a, there's the stereotype of a guy likes football and a girl only likes Gilmore girls. But that's exactly the truth in my house. Like I love football and my wife watches Gil. She never watched Gilmore girls and now she watches it every night because she used to watch the office and now this is her new thing. So what I'm, what I'm saying is too, sometimes a stereotype is there because it's true and that's okay. We don't have to obliterate somebody like somebody that would pray nonstop for your soul or whatever. We don't have to blast them either because maybe they really believe it or maybe that's just who they are too, right? Like the, the, the stereotype, of, stereotype of Christians or masculine and feminine, some of that is true and okay as well. Right, like like you said, your husband watches football. Yeah, that's he does. okay, and he loves that's, that's Gilmore not, Girls. He knows the characters even too. better than me. Yeah, right. I, did you yeah, watch I, the reboot? Did you watch the last four years? No, the, we, well, we we didn't want to ruin it. We we never we never watched the Gilmore Girls ever. So we don't. Okay. We're watching all the seasons. So I mean, my, I mean, my husband watched football, but he'll tell you who Rory Gilmore is and why Paris is such right. a bitch. But I love, like, yeah. and I'll I, I can like say the whole album of the chronic for you, which he couldn't, you know. So right. I mean, as far as the gender roles, as far saying that why is crying girly? That's something really interesting. Cause when I was disowned, 
I hadn't cried. I, ne- I didn't know how to cry. And it took about six years of therapy before I started crying. And then I couldn't stop. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, you have, you have years of tears to cry. <laughs> you have years. And wow. I hated that. I hated that. But then I was yeah. able to talk to someone. He was this older man. He was in his 50s. He had a breakdown. He had to go to a special clinic for two weeks and just cry about all the trauma in his childhood. And he's the most wonderful man. He's, he's helped me so much. And it's because he's been through so much pain. Yeah. And it's because he has that tenderness. And it's, he's a true pastor to me, even though he doesn't have the, you know, he's not an official pastor of a church at the building. That makes two that Toby's yeah. heard of now. Well, well, well you know what you, <laughs> what you just said is I, mm-hmm. I've been doing this thing called the true man experience and working with men and stuff like that. But one thing that I've learned is, is the craziest thing. We have forgotten how to mourn. Like you mm-hmm. actually didn't know how, you didn't have the skills. Mm-hmm. Nobody told you how to mourn your family doing that to you. That's Christian. So you just held it. You know, you know happy, what I mean? Everything. But yeah, yeah you're culture. right. Like yep. nobody knows how to mourn. Like people yeah. used to be able to mourn. Like I lost a family member or yeah. this bad thing happened. I'm going to spend time mourning and then I'll be able to actually leave. I'll, I'll always know about it and always be, but I'll be able to move on. But now we carry, you know what yeah. I mean? Like you were carrying all that. So of course, like when finally you were able to release it, I, I no it way changed my life. Crying. It changed me. Yeah, it changed me so much. It made my parenting better, and that's why I want to say I'm I'm grateful now for what happened to me. That was a horrible tragedy, but I was able to to look at what I thought was faith, and now I truly have faith. Yeah, I I, I almost lost it, but something stuff's happened for me, and and it wouldn't have happened if this tragedy hadn't happened. And one more thing, real quick, is because I work in the trauma center, I wanted to I I read these horrible things all day, and I started crying every day at work after around this time I was beginning to find my tears and I didn't know what to do with that because I needed to be professional and do my job. I couldn't be breaking down. I was just so unprofessional. They'll think I'm a girl. They'll, they'll discredit me. <laughs> oh, she's so girly. That girl's crying again. Oh my God, let's holler into HR. So what I started to do is just write down kind of the situation of, of each person and I take it over to a Catholic cathedral every single day and I just cry. And I think this person may not have anyone else on the planet who will cry for them or be sad for them or know their experience. And so I just let myself cry for it as if they were my child. And then I take the list of their names or their situation. I dip it in holy water and I throw it away. And I'm like, okay, I'm giving this over. So that's that's helped me keep a a kind of a membrane on, like, so I don't grow back a shell of hardness Mm -hmm. or I can't feel and and still have sympathy for what these people go through that I wouldn't I I have no concept for and I read these things I hear about amber alerts I put them all on my list it's just there's so much stuff out there when your eyes open to it you you do wonder how you can function and that's why being sad is scary you know you keep your pseudo man account keep that and then do the one where you're you and you're tough and aggressive online but you might just start a youtube channel where you read something and cry about it i think people might really like that oh man y'all want to see stuffy cry no i don't really want to <laughs> see? i want toby to do a filthy news story about something very trivial do you got anything like that toby i'll try <laughs> kick the music all right i don't know if it's filthy but... <laughs> In a world where a young lady comes on your podcast and swears that you've only had like 4% minorities on your podcast, but you know for a fact it's been 5%. My name is Toby Morrell. This is the damn news. Thank you for calling me young. We, 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 I think in 2017, we're going to 94%. Yeah. I made that joke or, and it or wasn't female. taken as a joke. That's, that's kind right. of how the thing got going. I want to get to 94%. That's right. I thought you were serious. <laughs> Makes sense now. 
Okay. I mean, I ran the numbers okay. and all, but. <laughs> Stephanie's been talking about our purity software, so I thought this would be a good one to watch out for. This comes from Fox News, her favorite news. You always talk about Fox News, Stephanie, <laughs> mm-hmm. how good it is and reliable. She has those T-shirts. Um, the best news. Yeah, Tremendous. She has them. You know what I mean? <laughs> no best. charges for duo who shot amateur porn at railway station. They shot an amateur porno featuring sex acts on a public bench at a Victorian railway station. And despite police knowing exactly who they are, the people behind the train line tramp video, which scandalized train commuters around Greek Geelong, have escaped criminal charges. Why? Because despite the fact the film only surfaced last December, the actual filming happened more than a year ago outside the statute of limitations for charges to be laid. Confirming the train line tramp case had been abandoned, Victoria's police Medea unit said, despite transit police undertaking a thorough investigation of the incident that occurred at North shore railway, the investigation had been closed. It was determined through that invest investigation that the offense took place outside the 12 month statute of limitations. Anyway, so they could have gotten in big trouble, but basically what they did is they walked up to a, uh, like the bench area at a train station and just started pounding each other. <laughs> and so uh, isn't that crazy though, that they got away with like, cause it was just, it, they mm-hmm. filmed it a year ago and now it's just getting popular. But here's my question to you guys. I, is, is this not going to happen more and more people are realizing, wait a minute, I have a camera. I can do something unbelievable. And porno is the easiest thing to get attention with. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? People will start watching. Don't you think that these things are going to start happening more and more? Like you're going to be at the mall. You're going to be trying to pick your kids up at elementary school or something. And people are just going to start like boning each other everywhere and filming it's, it, won't be able to stop or, it or starting a fight or doing something lewd or crude. Like, is, is that where we're headed? Where no place you go? Like right now, almost every word's becoming sexual. You know what I mean? Like every word eventually will have some kind of sexual connotation. I wonder, are we headed to where, Every video is going to have some kind of sexual <laughs> advertising like, goes that way, like those Hardee's commercials, if you've seen right, them. But uh, right. the, the main observation here is that really proves your point is how much freaking mileage does conservative ass Fox News get out of ultra sexual stories? Oh, so my God. This being the exact point it. of it. So this is a click thing for people to go. Those, I mean, here's the thing. You get excitement out of reading this story and you get the sexual excitement from reading it and you get to condemn it. And that's right. why it's news to Fox News. It's that's brilliant. the whole point of it being on there. You see that nonstop on there. And the other I, one is this is a true thing. They do a film festival here in Seattle. Um, Stiff, is it Stiff or Hump Fest or something? They've got, oh, there's two of them. That's the t- names of both of them. Um, but they have a thing where you do... Uh, I don't know. You send in your stuff. And one of the things was to try to get stuff at churches. So Mars Hill was always having to bust people for trying to come into the church and sneak around and shoot a porno with something. And it was extra points. If you could get something with Mars Hill logo or Mars oh, wow. in the background. and they were, they literally security was busting people for real through, you know, like, you know, eight years ago and stuff like that for trying to do exactly that, is that amazing. At, at our church. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just trying to have sex. Yeah. Cause they could win. Something. Well, I mean, cause yeah, you know, I guess it, it's all the taboos, you know, you can't even, imagine but people love crossing all those taboos up part of that makes me think that's pretty cool like i know that's awful or whatever and you don't want to objectify people but that's pretty cool that you would go to those <laughs> links like you get dressed up for church and you're nervous and you're like okay i'm gonna go you know like when people join the maha club you go one yeah, at a time yeah. to the back like same thing at church you're like okay when he does when he st- <laughs> when they when he closes his eyes to pray you go to the bathroom yeah. whatever and i'll go that's, after, like, that's really real. funny absolutely wow sounds like church camp Mm-hmm. <laughs> Joey, okay. have you ever had sex at church? Um, don't make him answer that. I think so. Oh God, 
<laughs> yeah, well, hey, Probably. look, we'll give you plausible deniability here. You don't have to answer that. Yeah, yeah. All right, good. I'm really trying to think. I've I've had sex in some <laughs> weird places with some weird women. Oh, but... come on. <laughs> hey, well, this uh, news is brought to you by a lot of BC clubbers. They just keep joining. They just can't. Uh, people can't get enough of the BC club. And for good reason that we won't go into right now. But Tyler Price. Well, I mean, this is what you're supposed to go into it. We want well, you to join gonna, the BC I was going to let you get an ep- right. extra episode from us every week. You get, I was going to let you uh, do that. You get to join our Facebook group. There's tons of great reasons oh, to join the BC Club. Unbelievable. New Emory CDs weekly. Uh, Tyler Price, Luke Kendall, Jimmy Maxwell, uh, Sparber, Jordan Scott, Matt du- Dupley, Liam O. That's O-H. Dupley. Like, oh, Jeffrey Neal, Mimi <laughs> Reinerson, Gerard Lawrence, Katie Miller. Thank the Lord for a normal name. Katie Miller, Stacy L. Urias, <laughs> Nathan Tyson, Caitlin Baines, and Micah Weatherall. Thank you guys. And like Matt said, you do get some extra episodes weekly. Uh, we're, we're we're typically more loose, like this this one that's coming out soon. I shared some stuff that I didn't want to share to just the masses. Um, but yeah, lots of fun on the Facebook page. Everybody gets to hang out, and uh, it's it's actually as weird as it sounds. It's real community. A lot of people are even meeting with each other physically, mm-hmm. hookups, those sorts of things. So I'm just kidding. nice. <laughs> All right. And good that's work, the bcclub.com on that. We've got Emory dates coming up in Atlanta and Nashville on February 17th and 18th. Those shows are just $7, and uh, we think they'll sell out. So get them. Tickets are available still. That's all I got. What about you guys? Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to read a scripture as we well, leave. I want to say um, real quick is, that Stephanie oh, okay. is awesome having you. Very, very yes, cool episode. Thank you for coming on. We really do and, appreciate uh, it. Honestly, I think we should we should probably try to figure out in a couple months, like I, this is something that I'm, I'm really trying to learn more about. So I would like to really get into like deep and heavy with feminist stuff. So do it. well, you didn't say that wow. the right way, but that was, <laughs> I, I, I hope I, I pray we all understand what you mean. Women's right. rights are uh, human's I, rights. And, and Stephanie, I don't know. I think this is probably one of your favorite Bible verses, but anyway, this is Exodus 21, seven. If a man sells his daughter as a servant, she is not to go free as male servants do go in mm. peace. Amen. Everybody. Mm. <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.